this is, is Operation Andrew. Now, by the way, that's our new logo on top. We got away from our early 90s logo, the KC there. It will still be on your notes this morning. So Operation Andrew, let me read this to you. Operation Andrew is a strategy that helps believers impact their city, family, friends, co-workers with the good news. All of us know people who need Jesus and are not plugged into a local church. Anybody know people that need Jesus? All right. How many of you know people that, that, that have Jesus but they're not plugged into a local church? There's a lot of people like that too. All right. Let's all do our part by praying, inviting, bringing others to, church, others to church with us so they can hear the good news and receive a touch from heaven. My Operation Andrew soul list. I commit to invite and bring the following people with me to King's Chapel, and there's seven lines. What am I asking you to do? I challenge you to write down seven of those people that you know. Now, if you need one of these, go ahead and slip your hand up, and we'll bring it to you. I challenge you to invite seven people that you know. And now here's what you do. Don't invite them yet. You say, why not? Well, you could, but what we're going to do is over the next four weeks, I'm going to call you to prayer. I want you to come to morning prayer. I want you to get on your knees for these seven people that, that you know. And you pray for their salvation. You pray that, that they would find a church home. That doesn't have to be our church home. God can use this however he wants to. Amen. And that will bring us to like April 10th. I got that right, Micah? I think it brings us to about April 10th. On April 10th, we will have what's called Friend Day. Okay, so in review. Everybody say in review. I'm going to write down seven names of people that I'm believing to invite to church. I'm going to tell you one of them I'm inviting. I'm inviting the governor and the lieutenant governor. Say, why are you doing that? Because I've struck up a friendship with them, so I'm going to invite them. Why not? I'm going to pray for these next seven, these seven people for the next four weeks, and then we're going to invite them to Friend Day. Now, Friend Day will have, I think, a couple Sundays in a row all the way up to Easter. All right? And, and Easter can be included. Easter meaning Resurrection Sunday. I'm going to tell you what I believe God's going to do. I think he's, I believe that God, I want you to believe with me, I believe he's going to honor our step of faith to not do the traditional Easter egg hunt. And I believe he's going to honor us reaching out towards our loved ones. And he's going to cause a great harvest of people coming to the Lord. Will you believe with me? All right, great. Now on the back, there's some very simple ways of helping you to witness. Last week we gave you a, um, last week we gave you a script. We have those this morning also. How many of you got a script last week? All right, we'll have a, st- we'll have a stack of those. Mike, would you make sure that there's a stack of them out on the table right there? And uh, you be a part of that. So here we go. Operation Andrew starts today. So go ahead and fill that out and, 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 and be a part of it. And, and put it in your Bible. Pray for them every day. Pray that God would touch them every day. And then invite them. Invite them to church. Now, some people have a busy schedule. I know the governor, lieutenant governor, they got a busy schedule. So I've got to invite them right away. Are you with us? All right, good. Wonderful. Let's go ahead and get in the Word. Take your Bible, turn to the book of Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Acts chapter 3, continuing in our series, releasing the power of the kingdom of God. 
Everybody say, I'm going to release the power of the kingdom of God. And there's lots of different ways to talk, lots of different ways to release the power of the kingdom. This is a tremendous, very familiar passage of Scripture. Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. If you're all there, say yes. Let's all stand up on our feet. And uh, we do have notes. We stand up in honor of the word. We'll stand up on our feet. And uh, we do have notes for you. You should have been given those already. You got notes? All right. Reading from the New International Version, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked for them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Look at verse 16 of the same chapter. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is... Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our church. Thank you for what you're doing in the body of Christ. Thank you for what you're doing in the valley. Thank you for what you're doing in the state of Alaska, what you're doing in the United States of America, what you're doing in every nation. You're causing a witness to rise to stand and declare, to even demonstrate the kingdom of God is among us, even within us, upon us. The kingdom of God is at hand. Move in power, Lord, this morning, I pray. Touch us all that we would, we would be released in a new dimension of your power. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Has anybody, you may be seated, has anybody ever had a hopeless situation? Hopeless. I mean, it's just like you don't know which way to turn. You don't know what to do. This is a hopeless situation. In the natural, anyway. This is a man in verse 2. He's crippled from birth. You fill your notes in. He's 40 years old. So it says that from birth he was crippled. So for 40 years he's never walked. He was so handicapped that he had to be carried. In other words, he couldn't even crawl or anything. He had to be carried to this place. I have good news for you this morning. You might be in a situation today where it's seemingly hopeless. And you don't know which way to turn. You don't know what the answer is.
But God is a God of hope. God, there are no hopeless situations. Only people that have grown hopeless. And I've been hopeless at times until I had a friend of mine perhaps shake me or the Spirit of God quickened me and I began to really cry out. This 40-year-old man was in a hopeless situation. This story declares the hope for us in hopeless situations. Look at the text. Peter and John have been filled with the Holy Spirit. They obeyed Jesus. They were in the, in the upper room. Acts chapter 2. Well, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Many of you know it, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. They were in the upper room. Waiting when the day of Pentecost had fully come, there came a sound as that of a mighty rushing wind. Tongues of fire came. And they spoke in other languages. They were there. Peter, I mean, how do you explain Peter? I just want to take a rabbit trail. If I can, since we're talking about rabbits, take a rabbit trail. How do you explain Peter who was cursing the Lord, denied him three times, was terrified of getting crucified himself, I think, ran away. I mean, they're in the upper room. They locked themselves in. They were terrified that they too were going to get persecuted. They too were going to get crucified. They didn't know all that was going to happen. They just had a command from their master, from their our Savior Jesus, wait into Jerusalem until you're endued with power, for I will send you another. The Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, I will give you power to be my witnesses, and you will be witnesses. Power will come upon you. And so they're in the upper room. How do you explain what happened to Peter? A cursing, denying fisherman comes out of the upper room and preaches until 3,000 people get saved. Homeboy had something happen to him. He had some kind of power come from somewhere because he wasn't just a cursing sailor anymore. He came out and he preached. Peter and John are full of the Holy Spirit. And in application, you need to be full of the Spirit of God. That's why I emphasize it so much. It's hard to do the Christian life without power. Try driving your car without gas. So Peter and John, the hour of prayer, this is, they would come and they prayed a lifestyle of prayer. You need to have a lifestyle of prayer if I can bring application to it. Our morning prayer has kind of gone up and down and up and down. I've, and I've delegated in different things. And times, you know, we've slept in, honestly. It's hard sometimes to get up at 5.30. Amen. I'm redoubling my efforts. I'll be here tomorrow morning, 5.30. I dare you. Double dog dare you. Come on. Pray. Shame on you if it's your pastor is the only one here praying. Shame on us all if nobody's praying. Be here tomorrow morning, 5.30 in the morning. We'll be here Monday through Friday. Micah's going to help me. Micah said amen somewhere in the building. (laughs) They go to pray and a crippled man is healed. And an explanation is given on how this healing comes. And from that explanation, I want to bring you this message. Releasing the power of the kingdom of God 
through faith. Everybody say through faith. There's two phrases here, verse 16. The first one, by faith in the name of Jesus. By faith in the name of Jesus. You know what you could put there instead of faith? You could say by action in the name of Jesus. Faith is action, people. Faith is action. It's not stagnant. It's not in a vacuum. Faith is, if you have a direction of where you want to go, here here we go, I'm going to help you. Let's say my situation, I've got hope. I've got hope I'm going to get up in that chair. But I'm over here. My hope is I'm going to get my carcass in the chair. So here I am. You know what faith does? Faith takes action. Faith is what you do on the way to your hope. You ought to write that down. Faith is what you do on your way to your hope. Now they had, they saw this guy, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, which we'll talk about that in a minute, I'm going to give unto thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. They gave a command. We'll talk all about this here in a moment. Then they grabbed him by the right hand and they yanked him up. Faith is action. How did this, how did the kingdom of God get released? Two phrases. By faith in the name of Jesus. By action in Jesus' name. Think about it that way. So, there's my hope. Faith goes. To make it simple. Okay, you want to buy a house. You're believing God to give you a house. Get the newspaper out and start looking for one. Fix your rotten credit. Quit Quit blowing up your credit cards. Get a job. Come on, it's not, it's not like you sit at home on your couch of perpetual pleasure and say, house. Money's he's not a genie in the, lant- in the lantern or something. Anybody remember I Dream of Genie? It's not like that. It's two phrases, an explanation of how the kingdom of God was released to see this crippled guy walk. The first explanation is by faith in the name of Jesus, and faith is action. Everybody say faith is action. The second is interesting, by faith that comes through him. Oh, think about that. Faith that comes through him. Faith is a gift also. But you'll see two different kinds, really, of faith. There's faith that comes by hearing and hearing by... In other words, every man is given a measure of faith, and and Romans talks about that. But your faith can grow. Everybody say, my faith can grow. Your faith can grow by hearing the Word, by doing the Word. Your faith will grow. But in Romans, there's a a list of gifts. I believe it's Romans 13, talks about the gift of faith. 1 Corinthians, pardon me, 12, talks about the gift of faith. These are the manifestations of the Spirit. And it goes and it lists... The gifts of the Spirit, there's nine. One of them is faith. Now, let me tell you something. If I, I, y'all gave me this iPad. Some of you weren't aware you gave it to me, but there's some folks came together, gave me a Christmas gift as iPad. I use it every day. It is great. It's awesome. Sometimes I preach from it, sometimes I don't. Really enjoy it. It's great. Now, when this 
iPad was given to me. Does it need anything else to be an iPad? Okay, so I'm going to hand it to my, I'm not giving it to you. I'm just, all right. But let's pretend. (laughs) Okay, here we go. I'm going to give it to her. Is it missing anything? It's a gift. I just gave her a gift, right? I gave her a gift of my iPad. Not really, right? So there's faith that comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But there is a gift of faith. And y'all to pray for it. Now, it's not missing anything. Mark eleven twenty two. You can turn there if you want to. Most Bibles do a poor job of translating that from the Greek. It, has, it says, have faith in God, Mark eleven twenty two. Really, it's have the faith of God. How do you have God? Is God's faith growing? I think, don't mess me, let me mess you up. Does, do you think that God's faith has to grow? Exactly. So if you have God's faith, what kind of faith would that be? It would be like the iPad. It's complete. So when God gives you the gift of faith, it's not growing, it just is. That, that's the kind of faith I believe they were operating in here. An explanation of how the kingdom of God is released through them first, through faith in the name of Jesus, and secondly, faith that comes through Him, faith, is a gift. And in this, in this aspect here, it's, it's really, you see, both of these aspects of faith are seen here in this text. Now let me ask you, can we be like that? Oh yes. Yeah, we can. I believe the answer is yes. God wants to put you in a place where you can minister to people who are in hopeless situations. God wants you to rise this morning in a God-given unction to be able to point to your situation, your hopeless situation, and see the thing turn, to see it change. By faith, taking action, through faith that comes from Him, it's, it's really a gift. Are you open to that? Are you open to having God use you to yank people up off the floor, even if it's yourself? What Peter and John did is they released the power of the kingdom of God through faith. All right, seeing faith at work. Seeing faith at work. Look at us. Everybody say, look at us. In Acts, yeah, bless you. Acts 14. In Acts 14, the apostle Paul in Lystra, let me read this to you. Acts 14, verse 8. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth as another guy. And he had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, looking directly at him. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed. And called out, stand up on your feet. Interesting. He didn't call the intercessors and Shondai Shuba till the cows came home. He gave a command. I'm all, into, I'm all into intercessory prayer. I'm into praying. But he didn't pray here. Unless you want to call a declaration of prayer, and you could. What did he see? I've often wondered about that. What did the Apostle Paul see? And as I began to think about that over last night and this morning, I realized that he saw the same thing that I see. 
Right now, there's people that are on the edge of their seats. Some. Some are sleeping. Some are texting. Some don't know where they are. I'm going to tell you that every, every crowd of people is the same. I've preached in, in airports to hundreds of people. The same thing happens. Somebody's doing their crossword puzzle. Some people are listening to you. Other people don't care. And other people are angry. It's the same thing as church. Same thing. Expectancy. Everybody say expectancy. One preacher said expectancy is the seedbed of miracles. What did Paul see in Acts 14? He saw that he saw his faith. In other words, this man lame from birth in Acts 14, I believe that he saw his expectancy. The only difference between what happens in here and what happens in a big stadium when some fancy preacher comes with a white suit, maybe. They don't really wear white suits anymore, but you know what I'm saying. When the big evangelist who's, who's got all the miracle healing power and all of that, you know what the big difference is? I'm going to tell you the big difference. Listen, I, I, I went to places. I've, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a studier of revival, and when revival breaks out in different places, I do my best to get there if I believe it's the real thing. I will tell you the number one thing that brings revival has nothing to do with the guy that's up front. It has everything to do with the people who are saying, God, if you don't touch me now, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm so hungry for you, God. I am so deaf. Mickey Mouse can preach in that environment and miracles break out because Jesus honors your faith. And sometimes we just come to church like it's just, well, just going to fulfill my little religious obligation this morning. Plus, God, hallelujah, hope I don't preach too long because I'm going to go get some food. I'm going to go eat. I'm going to go to the Waffle House. <laughs> Anybody know what a Waffle House is? Uh, I'm going to go to Crackle Barrel. <laughs> I had a great impartation when I was in Louisiana. Hallelujah. But when we come to church and we just think of it as like, well, I'm just here and just, you know, hope preacher doesn't preach too long. You're missing out because when you come like that in a, with, a, with a heart that's really apathetic or religious, just doing something out of an obligation. Jesus is not obligated to touch you, sir, ma'am. He's not obligated to touch you, and he doesn't move because you're in need. Although, while we were yet sinners, we were in great need. Christ died for us. So there is a principle that he does Help us in our need, but mostly he responds to faith. If he responded to need, the hungry, distended bellies in the earth would be full. He does not respond to need. He responds to faith. And when you come to church and you just sit with a folded hand or a folded heart and a folded legs and just hope that the preacher, I mean, maybe you're visiting this morning, maybe you're online. You know, you're online, I'm going to tell you, if you're online this morning and you could have been here, you miss out on what's called a corporate anointing. I'm thankful you're online. I hope you keep getting online. But I pray you get saved enough to realize that you need to be in church. Somebody say amen. Saved enough. Does that work? I know some people aren't able to make it. and Praise God you're able to be online. And, you know, it's the best thing to, when you can't be here, praise God you can do that. Amen. 
We've had people that have been sick and they're online watching. People get in touch right now. So I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people that could be here. You should be here. All right. You didn't set your clock. You can come tonight, 6 o'clock. <laughs> come to church with expectancy. This, this lame man from his mother's womb, 40 years lame, had expectancy. He had an expectancy. He looked expecting. Now, he was expecting to get some money. I don't think he was expecting to walk. But he had, he had attention. He had expectancy. When you come in your morning time of prayer, when you open up your Bible at home, when you, when you show up at work, expect something to happen for God. When you're driving in your car and you start praying, expect His presence to come. When you come to church, believe that God's going to do something for you. God's going to release a miracle for you or God's going to use you to touch somebody else. Expectancy is very, very, very important. Look at us. Expectancy is something that must come from you. Look at B. The second thing you see here in regards to faith is what I have, I give you. Peter knows he's got something. I think the church has forgotten what we have. Now that'll destroy your, your, that'll destroy your prosperity teaching right there. I don't have any silver and any gold. Because he probably gave it in an offering just before he went to pray. I don't know. I don't know why he didn't have silver or gold, but he didn't. And it wasn't money that the boy needed. It might have helped him for a couple meals, right? Such as I have, I give unto thee. Peter knew what he had. He had been filled with the Holy Spirit. He had the power of God. He knew it. Now, we don't know the time frame. Some say this is about three years after. About three years after Jesus ascended to heaven, the outpouring of the Spirit of God, approximately. So silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. Some of you don't realize what you have. And if you don't put a demand on it, if you don't realize what you have, look, did anybody have, have money stuffed in a pocket somewhere, but you forgot? And then, and then you're like, you know, on the way to Walmart or something, or you put your pants on for that day, and you're reaching your end, and you pull out a 20. Oh! Or a hundred. Whoa! Wow! Didn't know I had the money in my pocket. Some of you have power inside you like a lost hundred dollar bill. I should be more like a lost million dollar bill. I don't think they make one. It's, it's, it's within you, but you're not really releasing it. You're not using it. Have you all the money in the world and not write any checks to help anybody to minister to those in Japan? But some of you, I'm telling you, have a... a a tremendous release of God's power is in your life, but you don't write any checks. Forget it. I'm going to go encourage myself. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Help us. Come on. Such as I have, I give unto thee. Where's Micah? Such as I have, I give unto thee. Peter and John knew what they had. And I think one of the big problems we have in not seeing the kingdom of God release is that we don't know what we have. Realize that you have power. 
Knowing we have power. Look at one. Knowing we have power of the kingdom at work through us. And, I, and I, I'll say again, that's why we stress the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to be filled with the Spirit. Look at, look at two. What we have is not just for us. It's for others. I will tell you that I'm sure God's going to do some more healing inside of me. I'm not sure what it is. I'm really, I'm, I'm frankly, I don't know what it would be. My wife might know. We could interview her right now. But, you know, I'm not sure. God has healed me of so much stuff. But it would be arrogant to say that I'm totally healed and I don't have anything else. Because, honestly, it's like movie credits. I, you know, I haven't walked on water yet. Being The point being, I can be more Christ-like. For sure. I know that might surprise some of you this morning. Look, all of us can be more Christ-like, right? So the Holy Spirit's at work within me to make me like Him, <laughs> right? But I, I don't just come to church for me. Look, I'd be, I was coming to church long before I had a mic in my hand and I was preaching. I, I just would never miss any service. I didn't want to. Why would I? It's the greatest party in town. My God, feed me, help me, heal me, Jesus. Woo, His presence. Woo, hallelujah. Right? It's great. There comes a point in your life when it's not so much about you anymore. And now I realize that that point comes a lot faster. In other words, you could be busted and disgusted, broken, hurting, and destitute. There's people in worse shape than you. And if you'll reach out to others, so the Holy Spirit is for you, but it's, it's for others. I don't really like, I don't like calling the Holy Spirit an it, because he's not an it. He's a person. He's the third person of the Holy Spirit. And you can grieve him. You can lie to him. So we've got the power of the kingdom that works through us, absolutely. What we have is for others. You know, I could tell you stories about when God's power came different times of our lives. He wants to blow through this place right now. Right now, we have relegated church to somebody teaching us for half an hour, closing in prayer with no demonstration. I'm allergic to that. Jesus never did that. Uh Uh-uh. Jesus didn't teach. No, Jesus taught, but he did. In fact, if you read the first chapter of the book of Acts, Luke, who's writing that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, begins to say, I've told you in my former account, talking about the book of Luke, of all that Jesus both did and taught. He never just teaches, ever. And if your, if your walk with God is based on just learning, I am on something right now. If it's just learning, look, the renewing of your mind at best is only half done by learning something, just by knowing it. And I... I I'm using these terminologies. They don't even work because knowing is doing. Because learning is, is more than just having uh, facts. There's lots of people that have facts. There's people today that know more about theology and scripture and all of that than all of us put together and, all, and more than all of us will know in the history of our lives. However, they will never lay hands on a lame guy and they're not even saved. It's true. It's not about having a bunch of facts so you can stand up and impress somebody about your eschatology of the day. Hermeneutics. Homiletics. 
exegesis. Your eisegesis. And some of you are like, what are you talking about? Is he praying in tongues? No, I'm not praying in tongues. Doesn't matter, but knowing all of the all of those things is wonderful. Learn, great, what great, learn. But if all you do is learn something so that you can have some knowledge, so that you can say some word like penultimate to try to impress somebody with your vocabulary, then you're just a religious person that's not making a difference in the earth. And God doesn't need more religious people. There's a time to preach, and then there's a time to take somebody by the hand and say, walk. He didn't even pray. He said, walk. He gave a command. We can release the power of the kingdom of God. Do we need to learn? Yes. But not in the Western format. The Western format is you sit in a classroom and then you just learn and learn and learn and learn. And we release pastors from seminaries that are really cemeteries and we send them out and they hurt people because they don't know anything about pastoring people, loving people, laying their life down. Oh, they might be able to take you, give you a three-point sermon out of the book of Mark. We don't need a three-point sermon out of the book of Mark. We need somebody who can do the stuff that was in Mark. We need the teaching and the doing. I've got to get off my soapbox. See, if you come here and you and you sit under these messages that I preach and teach to you, and there's some demonstration here, but really the greatest, the great things that are the ones that the exciting things are like that lady in in Baton Rouge, outside of McDonald's, as the Lord spoke to me and said, "You go talk to her now." I went to talk to her, and I was a little scared because she could really beat me up. She was a big girl. Tough. Prayed for her, gave her the word of the Lord. She began to weep, and the kingdom of God was released because somehow had a boldness in that moment to reach out. This Operation Andrew thing will be a total failure if we don't pray and we don't reach. And it's been proven through surveys and reports that churches, many people do not attend a church because they were never invited. It says I, 72% of the people don't go to church because they were never invited. That's what that's this report I read. And again, maybe it was done by a pastor who was trying to get his church to invite people. I, I don't know. But I do know that we need to really get out past ourselves. Look at C. Before you look at C, I'm going to say this one last thing about that. I'm going to say this about that. (laughs) I'm going to say this about that. Your discipleship is not something that takes place in a test tube, a classroom, or a church. It's part of it. It's just part of it. The the renewing of your mind takes place as as you... Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind is renewed when you take what you've learned and you put it to action. And if all you do is listen to great preaching or teaching and that's it, then you will will have a a half-baked Christianity at best. And you will wonder why you're not satisfied. I am preaching better than your amen. And you will wonder where the power is. And you'll begin to doubt whether Jesus really does do that kind of stuff. You say, well, God, can't you just come upon me to do it? They had to take action. Faith is action. Some of you need to step in the river and see that thing part. 
All right. Look at C. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Everybody say walk. It's the command of faith. It's a command of faith. It's a word of faith. He didn't stop and pray. I'm sure he was on his way to prayer. And there's praying without ceasing. But when he spoke to this boy, and, and, and Acts 14 says it too, the Apostle Paul. Look, when Jesus touched the leper, he didn't say, Oh God, I pray right now to myself. Oh God, I pray that you would cleanse the leper. He didn't do that. He never did that. He spoke to the leper and said, be clean. It's a, there's a command that comes. When Jesus said, you speak to the mountains and the mountain be moved, look, who made the mountains? God said, let there be. He didn't intercede and have a prayer meeting about having light. Let's all hold hands and sing kumbaya until the light comes. He didn't do that. There's a principle of speaking a command. Decreeing a thing. The command of the word of faith. So when you're praying for somebody and they have a back problem, you know, you come into the presence of the Lord, but speak to the back. Back be healed in Jesus' name. We're not Jesus, okay? I understand that, but he does live on the inside of us. And I don't understand why some people get healed at one moment and other times they don't, but I know he does, and I don't worry about it. I'm not the healer. I'm just a mailman. I'm the delivery boy. Any other delivery people in here? Yeah, that's where we're all supposed to be. But if you miss understanding who you are in God, You're God's ambassador. You're a minister of reconciliation. That God wants to use you to speak through you to people. People can't get saved by angels can't preach the gospel. Only you and I can. They would do a way better job. Can you imagine? (laughs) Repent! (laughs) The angel, 12 foot tall, with a gold sash. Repent and give your heart to Jesus. You should be like, oh God, oh God, I'm sorry, Lord, oh God. I mean, he would really do a great job, wouldn't he? I mean, man, it fills stadiums. The angel's preaching tonight. It's amazing that God has entrusted the most important message of all time to you and I. And we can release the kingdom of God through faith. Taking him, look at D, taking him by the right hand, helping him up. Faith is, faith is action. Peter took action and pulled him up. And bam, his legs were made straight. Many who heard the message believed. The purpose of the releasing of the kingdom of God, can I tell you what the purpose of the miracles are? So that the greatest miracle could take place. Do you know what that is? That your sins are blotted out. Thrown as far as the east is from the west. Every miracle touch, every healing you ever had. Is to conform you into his image and to show you. A sign to point to a greater reality. 
We've said it before. If you look over here, there's an exit sign. Stage right. Your left-hand side, does everybody see the exit sign? Okay. Has anybody tried to go through that green sign lately? That would be pretty hard. Can you imagine trying to fit through the green? Is that possible to go through? The signs point to a greater reality. The signs, the wonders, the releasing of the power of the kingdom of God, your healing, your touch, your miracle, the goosebump, it doesn't matter what it is. It all points to the fact that there's a door. There's a way. There's a truth. There's a life. His name is Jesus. Stand up on your feet with me, won't you? We can release the power of the kingdom of God through faith. Hallelujah. God, we just bless and praise you today. We worship you. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Some of you need to speak to your mountain. So many stories, testimonies to tell you about how God in hopeless situations came upon us with a gift of faith. We pointed our faith-filled finger and said no and that thing turned weather patterns changed at the word of Samuel he changed weather Elijah when he prayed the heavens were shut up for three and a half years and he prayed again and they were open for three and a half years James says that Elijah was a man like us listen because you haven't seen the power in your life like that don't you become an unbelieving believer because you haven't seen it might be because you're not willing to take someone by the hand and yank them to their feet. What happens if it doesn't work? Can you imagine? Boy's legs are flopping around and the guy falls over at the gate and they're suddenly accused. The apostles are abusing people at the gate called beautiful. I've, I've had things happen to me. The guy in a wheelchair in Baton Rouge... And he really wanted to be healed. He was expected. We went and laid hands on him, prayed for him. The power of God, the fire of God. I asked him to move his legs. He's like, I can't. I said, try. So he's like, thank you, Jesus. He couldn't move his legs. I said, are you feeling anything? He said, no. And there's people listening. It was like, you know, it was in front of everybody. So we just prayed again. You feeling anything? No, I'm not feeling anything, but I feel God's power. I said, praise God. He said, amen. I said, brother, you're going to walk. And people are like, <sighs> he's going to walk. Might be in heaven when it happens, but it could be now. There are no wheelchairs in heaven, people. There are miracles that God is longing to release to this body, but he's looking for you to make a decree. He's looking for you to make a declarative statement, a word of faith. Be healed. Be cleansed. Be moved. Be saved. He's looking for you to rise up in a gift of faith that he'll release upon you to, to bring the kingdom, to release the power of the kingdom of God to your family, to, to the people around you, to those in the workplace. 
But you need a boldness, and that can only come from the Holy Spirit. Come on, just lift your hands all across this place and just let them touch you right now. Holy Spirit, come. Fill. Fill your people, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Release boldness. Fill them full of your Holy Spirit. That we might see your kingdom released within the church. Sure, but the church is not a building. We're a people outside, everywhere that we go is church. We're the gathered assembly of God. The gathered people of God. Release boldness, Lord, for this Operation Andrew. Lord, I pray for this Operation Andrew that you would enable us by your power to see these people brought into the kingdom of God. Lord, that you would anoint us, Lord, in this season. There's so many hurting, broken people out there. Lord, and we are the answer. We are the only Jesus they'll ever see. Lord, we repent for being apathetic and lethargic and hoping that so we just need to pray. Look, some of you are your answer to your own prayer. Answer your own prayer. God, we will see these people added to your kingdom. Healed, delivered, added to the church. Release the power of your kingdom by faith in the name of Jesus. Through faith that comes. Through Jesus' name. We thank you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, you want to give your heart to Jesus today. Make a recommitment to him. Or give your heart to him for the first time. Just slip your hand up right now. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray right out loud and say, Dear Jesus. Thank you for dying in my place. Forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Lord, fill your people right now. I have a very strong word. Um, Here it is. When Jesus went and he tried to get figs from a fig tree and could not get figs from the fig tree, he told him there's a parable. And the owner of the, of the, of the vineyard came and said, oh, I'm going to cut the tree down. And the, the one who worked, worked that ground said, let me dig around it. Let me, let me fertilize it. Let me give it one more year. not a doom and gloom word, but very clearly I'm impressed by the Holy Spirit to say this. Some of you have been dug around and added fertilizer, and God is waiting for you to produce fruit. And I'm not saying He's going to cut you down or anything. I'm not saying that. He's a loving, gracious, kind God. But you have to understand that when you're given a great revelation, 
there comes great responsibility to be able to release the giftings and the talents and the anointings that he's given you. If you don't, you will absolutely get judged on the great and, tread, the great and terrible day of the Lord. But it will also cause a, a hindrance in your life now. Some of you have been dug around and God is saying, where's my fruit? All I've done is he's looking for you to produce fruit. How many of you thankful he's a kind God? Because I know he's dug around me and not stuff. <laughs> Come, just, just talk to God. If, the, if that spoke to you, then you just... Come on, go all in today. Throw in. Be a part of this Operation Andrew. Invite people. Do, do something. Pray. Do, do, some, you know, do, do what he's telling you to do. Father, thank you. Forgive us for where we've blown it and fallen short. We thank you, God, that you fill us full of hope and courage and strength. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available for us. We give you praise and glory. Help us to produce the fruit, Lord, that you're looking for in our lives. Not motivated by fear, but motivated by your great love that you poured out upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you take someone by the hand as we close this morning? Pastor Carol, would you come? I'm reminded again how we've felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to do church here at KC. Sunday mornings, I'm in a pastoral role and going to teach and preach to you. But the giftings that God has wired my wife and I up is really like a prophetic sort of evangelistic revivalist type thing. So Sunday nights and Tuesdays, we're going to just turn that loose. A Sunday morning, we'll go in the place of pastor and, and, and cast vision and encourage you and teach you and help you. Of course, we'll do counseling, all of those different things. Don't miss tonight. <laughs> last Tuesday was off the chain. Was anybody here last Tuesday? Don't miss these other services. Very, very different. Bring people. Let's believe God to blow up our valley for the glory of God. Amen? blow up our state and our nation. We need a revival. Let's pray for each other. Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for the opportunity, Lord, to to be your people, to be the sheep in your care, the flock in your care. Lord God, we give you praise for your word this morning that's a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path. Bless your people, God, as they go, as they stay. Lord, bless the service in Anchorage that last Sunday morning there at the Skyline Church. And tonight as we return, Lord, we pray that you would just show up and show out and do what you love to do. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Praise God. We'll hope to see you tonight.